0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Engage. Engage. Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard Captain Catherine Janeway Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer <laughs> Red alert Photon torpedoes, fire The official Star Trek podcast Engage Engage Make it so With your host, Jordan Hoffman That, sir, is illogical And make sure that history never forgets This is Engage Healing frequencies open, sir Yes, we're back for another episode of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hoffman, at Jay Hoffman on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Please follow us on all. Maybe we're on um, Tumblr, Snapchat, Six Apart, all of your social networks. Follow us. This is a big episode, and I want to jump right in. Thank you for listening. My communicator is... Oh, wait, I just heard something. I think somebody's at the door. Yes, our friend Chris Radke is here from geek.com. I'm going to teleport him in. I teleport somebody at the door because I don't want to get up. (laughs) He's materializing before. Wait, we need an extra wide beam. (laughs) Hello. Hello. We got Chris Radke here, the editor-in-chief of geek.com and a true friend of Star Trek, of Star Wars, of Marvel Comics, of DC Comics. The popular arts. You love the popular arts. I do love the popular arts. Your one main love, though, isn't Star Trek. It's Marvel, right? That's your biggest love, other than your wife? That's hard, man. It's either Marvel or Star Wars. See, but, Mar- Marvel's so vast. But I think Marvel has really kind of... Uh, it's been really hard to hold on to the Star Wars banner the way that I've clutched onto it all these years. Uh, Marvel is just feel really good about things. But you know what I also love? Yeah. Star Trek. Of course you do. Yes. Of course you do. Um, So, you know, I'm glad we have you for this episode because um, one of the things that I love about Star Trek mm -hmm. is its deep Deep mythos. It has a very deep mythos. And for some, it's intimidating. For some, they get scared. They go, Oh, you have to learn Klingon to like Star Trek. And that's not true. To Memory Alpha, I go. Yes. And that's not true. You don't. But if you do. You know, as they say in the movie, "Days are confused. it's a lot cooler if you do. It's a lot cooler if you did. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm struggling right now because I have t- uh, two young ones at home that have asked me, like, "What's up with Star Trek?" You're giving us everything else. Why aren't you giving us the Star Trek? Yeah, and I, and, and I have not figured out where to start. And a lot of people are like, I just start at the beginning, and I don't know if. Uh, Today's kids are gonna really—is that's the right place to start? You have very energetic children. I do. They're—they're they're not. Um, I'm like—I'm thinking I just start with Beyond and just go that's from not there. Not the worst idea. I know. That's not the worst idea, or at least the 2009 version. Excuse me. Your children are very energetic, and I don't think that um, you know TOS would necessarily work with them at first. When they grow to love Kirk's and bones, maybe right. it would. And TNG. Well, I don't know. I think I think um TNG has got some, it's it takes some, you know, yeah. needs to get its sea legs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can just jump right into season four. I can't do that personally. <laughs> you know? No, you I mean, can. it's not about, like, you know, you know I'll talk about Star Wars for a brief second. It's the same thing with the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, I love Star Wars, I, but, like, I don't want to watch all of that. Stuff, yeah, and yeah. so someone put together a list of like you watch these key episodes, right? And I tried to do it that way, but I am a completist, I'm obsessive. No, that's why and you're the manager, and editing in chief of geek.com. You and, must be, yeah. and that's when I looked at it. I was like, Nope, I gotta, and now I gotta slog through all this garbage. Well, um, I think uh, what you should do then is start with Star Trek 09 for your kids. I think that your young son will eventually grow to love Worf. He's very Wharf like He will love Wharf. <laughs> Famous orc, Wharf. <laughs> he, he will love Wharf, so eventually you'll get him into some DS9. Yes. Who will your daughter love? Your daughter will love um your daughter will love Spock. She'll love Spock. She'll love Janeway. She'll love yeah. Tasha Yar. She'll love you know who she'll love? She'll yeah. love um, um, um oh my goodness, what am I doing? What's her name? Um the <sighs> Troy? No, no, no. The, 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 the Ensign Rowe. That's yes, gonna she will love you. It's yes. going to be like Enton Rowe is just like mom, and that's where it's going to come down. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny for the five people who know who your wife is. <laughs> Personal jokes. <laughs> Personal jokes. All right. Well, listen, um, but I brought you in there because uh, I want to talk deep mythos. There's something that's happening right now in the Star Trek uh, universe that's just amazing. for The deep, Myriad universe. The Myriad universe. That's really cool. And we talk a little bit about. Um, the IDW comics. Now, you love Marvel, but you love... I love with- IDW. I gotta yeah. tell you right now, speaking of IDW, yeah. I just read a, uh, a sneak preview of the new G.I. Joe comic mm-hmm. out of IDW uh, done by uh, our friend Aubrey Sitterson. The great Aubrey Sitterson of, of Scald fame. Scald. Listen to Scald. And his, his mythos is deep. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the stuff that they're doing with GI Joe is yeah. next level, and I think that's going to be the breakout book of next year. Awesome! Well, that's and, a tip. And their track record with the the Trek property, yeah. is really impressive. Yes, they IDW does have their a lot of great creator uh, uh, stuff. Yeah, what's it called? Original creative stuff, but they're writing the book on licensed license, comics, yes, man. They're what, doing I mean, I mean, their ponies book is wonderful. Transformers, Transformers is pretty good. No, what's that? More than meets the eye. <laughs> more than meets the eye. Solid. That's the one. That is that's the, one. the one. That is the one. Brian's a fan. All right. So what's happening with Trek right now? At, and we've talked about uh, comics before, but when I didn't want, I want to get specific about an issue that just we went gonna, out. Oh, is it the waypoint Burn number Fumeti? two? Oh no. Okay. No, no, no. Um, there's uh. Oh, yeah, because they just announced also that they're going to do a crossover with Aliens. Did you know that? I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's That's, a, that's news. Yeah, that's going to be cool, because they did the crossover with um, Green Lantern, Oh, no, cool. we're going to get Data and Bishop. Yeah. I know you don't like Data. Though. I don't like Data. I'm sorry, Star Trek fans. But Data and Bishop's kind of perfect. I mean, kind of. Data and 3PO is perfect, too, but that would be really annoying as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's what's going on right now. You got the the ongoing which is called Boldly Go uh just had issue 2 a couple weeks ago, which is great. That's our friend Mike Johnson and the illustrator Tony Chastain. And what's going on there is um it takes place right after Star Trek Beyond ended, right? The last shot is the oh. the three of them watching this new ship being built. Sure. And what do they do between the next adventure? Well, I'll tell you. Uh Spock and Uhura take a holiday mm. and they go to Vulcan and they're like her hair is down and she's in like a nightgown. And yeah. Like it's very very nice. And um, Spock is like at a cloak reading computer. Wait, wait, and stuff. wait, wait, wait. They go to Vulcan. New Vulcan. New yeah. Vulcan. Excuse oh, I was just me. Saying, it's like what? Yeah, no, they go to New Vulcan. And there's like twelve so it's like a private island. They go to like right. a place where there's like not very many Vulcans left. Right. Sarek is there, but it kinda you know, it's a planet that looks you know, the habitat is similar to Vulcan. That's so exactly. it's like a desert. They go to Taos, New Mexico. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's going on. And Kirk, you know, he can't relax. So he is temporary captain of uh, the Endeavor, right? Mm. And so he's flying around. And then Sulu was elsewhere. And Sulu's ship is attacked. And Sulu's daughter and husband are on that ship. Oh. And they get attacked. And they get attacked by the Borg. Oh man, that is uh, we, a big deal. We just like issue one, and, and issue two is already out. So it ends with like, we only heard one; they only repeated one phrase. Turn the page. They said, "Resistance is futile." Wow. Then you flip out. So we have Kelvin versus Borg. Yeah. Suddenly the <laughs> the timeline is diverged once more. <laughs> but that's not Kelvin even what I wanted to talk Borg. about. The other uh, comic that's happening right now, in addition to um what's his name John Burn's lunacy which we've talked about uh, <laughs> can we talk about it can you yes. and I talk about it a little uh, well, bit we've talked about it on the show before but yeah i think we should but the other thing that's happening is a bi-monthly Now, when i read that i got excited i thought it was every 2 weeks bi- bi- bi-monthly sci-fi con bi-monthly <laughs> bi- means every 2 months right so so that's not as no, it do you like all the months yeah i mean bi-monthly means <laughs> you you swing with both months bi mon sci-fi con uh, it's called Star Trek Waypoint, and what this is is it's two stories. So It's bi-monthly and bi-story, right? Uh, and they are non-canonical, which is going to bring us into the crux of this episode. Non-canonical, oh, sort of like myriad universe stuff, and all it is so far is like the most it's the anthology stuff. But like the mo- in pure Star Trek beauty, the most obscure things blown out into it is that it's the equivalent of going to Like, the record shop to buying bootlegs. It's like, how obscure can (laughs) we possibly... like You know, this 1979 ACDC concert that was... Right, right, right. That I I have on three albums. So I gotta tell you about issue two of Waypoint. I'm gonna spoil it, because by the time this airs, it's been out a few weeks. Okay. Issue two of Waypoint is two stories. The first one is by our friends uh, Dayton Ward, who's been on the show, and Kevin Dilmore, and the illustrator, Mr. Gordon Purcell, who I don't know. Hmm. And what it is, is just amazing. the the Their story is called The Menace of the Mechatronics. Oh boy. And what that means is the very first Star Trek comics was, your history, what was the name of the publishing company? Uh, Key. Gold Key. Gold very Key. good. And what Go- Gold Key Comics did was they made comics at time that Star Trek was on the air that had almost no relation to the show. They were working off very limited publicity st- uh, stills uh, to the point that they thought Janice Rand was one of the most important <laughs> <laughs> characters. They didn't really know that, you know, everybody was, Scotty was a jerk. Spock would beat people up. The ship didn't look right. They there called him like, Dr. Spock. They, <laughs> there was like a pink hue over everything because they didn't know what they were doing and they were like published in Italy or something like that. I don't know. But they were a they were mess, but they've gained a cult following, obviously, to the the point that you can buy uh, nicely uh, bound... They put them out in big books and uh, and IDWs. They're hilarious. So what Ward and Dilmore did, because they are the truest of the hardcore, they have done their story in the style of Gold Key. Oh, cool. So for the first time in... Fifty years. You can read a gold key wow. style. That's a love letter to a <laughs> very certain, like, portion of the of the fandom. So pie. here's how here's how a love letter is. I'm reading it at my kitchen. I go to my friends at Midtown Comics as I do every 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 key Wednesday. Is, does, that, does that issue come in a, in a larger typeface <laughs> for, for for the old the target audience? <laughs> so I bought my issue. I brought it home. I'm sitting at the kitchen table, mm-hmm. and I have a little. The lamp is above. Of the kitchen table, um, and I'm, I'm sitting picturing, there. like a Stelladora commercial from the early '80s. <laughs> yeah, first right of now. all, I'm wearing an Italian man's T-shirt and yeah. suspenders. Are there stains on and that of shirt? Of course, there are stains <laughs> okay. on the shirt. So I'm eating. You know, I got a bowl of pasta over here, some Stelladora breadsticks <laughs> over here. My <laughs> wife has her hair in curlers, and she's vacuuming. <laughs> you know, so that's what's going on. Okay, so I'm sitting at the table, and I'm reading this story, and I'm like, oh man. Like, did I spill something on this? Because that wouldn't be out of the ordinary sure. for me. And because the lamp is like shining around, so I'm kind of moving the book under the lamp. But I realize they have mimicked like the paper wow. in this comic to look frayed and like stained and like ripped up because that's what Gold Key comics are. You right. find them in the back somewhere. So it's such a love letter. And then the second one is written by a woman by the name of Sam Mags and um, illustrated by a woman named Rachel Stott. And it is um, about one of the greatest asterisks in all of Star Trek. M'res? No, M'res has, has been in comics before. It's okay. not about M'res. It's about Yeoman Leslie Thompson. Oh. Yeoman Leslie Thompson was the only... Oh, you don't know who that <laughs> is. Don't bullshit me. You love Star Trek, you don't know who she is. She is the only red shirt from TOS woman to dye a red shirt. That's how progressive Star Trek was, is that ah. they would kill a woman, which she didn't do back then, and she was killed in the coolest way in the episode by any other name, when the Kelvins uh, came, which is just a coincidence at the Kelvin timeline. Okay, there's no relation to the no timeline. No relation. The Kelvins from the Andromeda Galaxy come, and to show Kirk's power, they take two red shirts and turn them into these dodecahedron cubes of chalk to say, these are your yeomans, Kirk. And one of them smushes and turns her into dust and then throws her on the ground, and that's how she dies. So this um, uh, short story is like a little bit about her life and like what she did. Leading up to her. Yeah, and it's like, don't don't remember me for my weirdo death. Remember me for my life. And what we never realized is, when because she was, was a redshirt, she worked in engineering, uh, when Scotty was the miracle worker running around saving the ship, he's got a team. He's got right. a posse. And she was under there with her... She was OG Keenster. Right. <laughs> Keenzer, Keenzer. 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 Yeah, Keenzer. she was down there with her you know, sonic screwdriver or whatever, right. getting in there and fixing things. And then it ends, I swear to you, this has been an emotional time. I've got some... Yeah, mishigas. we all got a lot of things going on. Got a lot of Gas with the government, with my personal life. I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I swear to you, Brian's leaving. He doesn't even want to care about the story. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time in Engage, the official Star Trek podcast history, Brian the engineer has gotten up and left the room. <laughs> now he's back. What happened? Okay, the music turned out. Oh, they were too loud outside? I heard, I heard some music, some Beats was oh, was the drink champs was next no, door? No, I'm not here yet. All right, so um, dig this: uh, Leslie Th- uh, Thompson's dead, uh, and her name's on a wall somewhere in the Starfleet Academy of all the people who've sure. died. And it's the, the writing is very lovely and poetic about like, don't think of me and how I died, think about how I inspired and whatnot. And you see a person. Looking at the name, and you see hand, and then you see a person in silhouette walking away, and then you turn the page. It's a nice cover. It's leather. Janeway. It is Janeway. Cool. And you know the young Janeway, and they don't say her name. You just recognize her. Right. And I swear to God, listen, audience, chills. Of the gauge, I just got chills just now. I wept at the kitchen table I did and I tweeted at Sam Mags and Rachel Stott and they thought I was joking I started to cry no no and we've reached this age now <laughs> where the slightest <laughs> thing happens and I'm just a blubbering mess and it's like if you can t- if you can tweak my popular arts loving nerve like, it literally, and I, and I don't even, and I've reached the point where I like used to be like, oh, something in my eye, and now at this point, it's just like I will openly weep, and like, weep like I'm like, you know, like, like you know, like, 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 like savage primal scream weeping, like, ah, that's the wand of Watoom, ah, and like, just losing my mind. Um, you've been there. You've seen it happen. I when, yeah. when the first Marvel Studios logo when it showed. Now it's changed, but when it used to oh. show the, um, the, the the flipping flesh, pages, yeah, forget it. I would be like, I would be like, <sighs> <laughs> what did you think of the new Doctor Strange has a new Marvel Studios logo. Oh, that all right. So if we could, are we allowed to talk about Marvel? Of course. Here, uh, you know that that opening logo, the new the Doctor Strange one, is a bit of an F you to the publishing side of the business oh inside, now, wait this just in hold on wait um this is not based this oh. just <laughs> in <laughs> we got some inside news no from no this isn't geek.com. based off yeah. on anything other than theory. The fan th- theory fan theory yeah. connecting some threads right yeah so within marvel you've got two camps you've got marvel studios and got marvel entertainment marvel entertainment is the publisher right that's the comics um, that's also TV yeah. and then you've got the movies which is separate a separate thing there used to be this story group that was connected to the entertainment side with the comics and they were kind of like the arbiters of you know keeping it Marvel mm. and they had to approve all of the stuff that the movie team was doing was that Ike Perlmutter's group it was Ike Perlmutter's group okay. and uh, and some of comics favorite people are a part of that story group right. um, What happens, though, is as the studio group started to really succeed and do right by these characters, um, and Ike has a long history of just being kind of... A bit of a bean counter. A bit of a bean counter, you know? Like, you know, employees bring their own toilet paper to work. (laughs) Um, So what happens is that story group uh, apparently had a lot of trouble, and it was widely reported that Kevin Fige, who's in charge of the studio... Um, Kevin Seagate is is the Gene Kuhn of Star Trek. Yes. (laughs) I would have said others, but that's a good one. Um, No, but he, so, listen, he went to the head of Disney, said, you either make me autonomous or you, or you, uh, or I'm leaving. Right. And the studio group now no longer reports into the entertainment side. It reports straight up to the head of Disney. They're their own thing. So... When you used to watch that Marvel intro with all the comic books flipping, meaning like this is our roots, this is where we're from, that new sequence is like, we're, we're like, you know, six dozen movies in, yeah, we've got our own mythos. Right. These are our characters. Mm. This is our Hawkeye. they become self-aware. That it's like V'ger has V'ger come V'ger to life. On one his own. <laughs> the V'ger intro of right. the new Marvel movies. Um, so that... To me, as soon as I saw that and there was no longer comic book panels, but showing our favorite characters yes. from the past 10 years of Marvel movies, that to me was a we've eclipsed you publishing. Yeah. We're our own thing now. You know, when, when, um, and I don't have the exact, uh, words, uh, I don't have the line down and the listener will, will let us know, but when TNG, um, filmed, uh, one more episode than TOS did mm-hmm. to say, you know, we've we, I don't want to say we beat you, but we yeah, yeah we beat you, we beat yeah, you, we, we beat you. Ha! Um, that's not Picard's way. There no. was a little reference to it. They said something like, "Oh, we just passed the blah 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 system," and it was the same system that you know the last episode of TOS turned about and true. Oh, that's was cool. In. So it's a little like a hat, but it that's was not, fantastic. It was not done in an FUA. It was done in like where. Continuing the exploration, it was done in a very Star Trek way, right? Which right. is which is a way of, of of positivity and good feels and good vibes, right? And and, and let's celebrate um, <laughs> where Marvel can be a little antagonistic. With well, each that other. comes from the yeah. pug. They're New York roots. You know, these are exactly. scribblers. They're you know They're scribblers, barely literate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Stan Lee, Stan like the, big, the creator of the Marvel Universe <laughs> and the world's biggest con man. <laughs> <laughs> and that me, I mean, conventions. Yeah, convention the con man convention man. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Marvels your bag, but you love DC. Too. What is it? Who's your favorite DC character? Um, I, uh, well, that's a tough question. I uh, I would say my I mean I, I I like Batman quite a bit, but I will tell you my favorite DC character is very specific these days. It is Grant Gustin's Flash, <laughs> the Flash from the TV show. Yeah. Is if you haven't watched the Flash TV show, Brian's watched it. Brian loves it. It yeah. is, um, it is a crowning achievement of nerd culture. Yeah, and the reason being is it's a CW show, right? It's got that same like chintzy gloss mm-hmm. to it, and everyone's kind of beautiful, and it's got like a bunch of you know mid tier actors on it, um, but what greg berlani has been able to do and i'm maybe saying his na- last name wrong um, is take the weirdness of flash yeah his rose gallery is weird his power set is weird the things he does with the speed force is ridiculous <laughs> and some of the most convoluted nonsense to ever come out of convoluted nonsensical dc <laughs> and somehow they created a enormously fun show that embraces All of the weirdness. No, like, no nerd ass shit can possibly go and be nerdier than than what they. I mean, like, the way that they name their villains and it all is very true to the core. Yeah. And And it's upbeat also. And the. Oh, my God. It's. it's, I mean, there's some dark stuff in it, but it's heroic. Yeah. And it's upbeat. And it has a similar kind of um, optimism that Star Trek has. Yeah. And the actor Grant Gustin who plays the the Flash is yeah just lovable and his smile and he's a hero and he looks great in the costume and I gotta tell you man I know you're not watching it and I know it's hard to get you to watch TV TV that isn't started well I have seen most of season one and I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in because everybody's telling it's me it's terrific I, I loved know, what I had seen I've yeah. seen most of season one it was terrific and none of the other like you know the other DC shows do it for me yeah Arrow I mean I've no. seen Arrow shows up on the Flash and he does and of, they're pals and, and uh, Arrow's, um, Arrow's 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 Girl Friday yeah, is yeah. is, oh, is yeah. uh, she her and Flash are, are science nerds right so they like yeah, to hang out I know that those episodes killed me I um, was shipping I think the term is shipping you were shipping I was K slash S I didn't know I thought I was too old to ship but uh, it, I, I I did a little shipping when I saw those episodes it was sure. uh, so that that as of right now and I've always kind of liked the Flash yeah. but this show is really kind of brought it up. Yeah, cuz at first you're like Superman has all these powers. Batman's got all these gadgets. Green Lantern can do anything and he's flying around with the intergalactic space cops. Right. What's a Flash do? Oh, he's fast. Like so what? Yeah, but he's he's got the But heart. He, he's got it all and his Rogues Gallery is so cool. Cuz like Superman's fast too. What the hell? Yeah, he's it's, very fast. They're both very fast. And I don't and Wonder I has like, got a jet. And I like all of the 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 main DC characters. I mean if I had to pick like an obscure one, I mean yeah. I like Mr. Terrific cuz <laughs> fair play is what i'm all about um but I like matter eater lad myself matter eater lad bouncing boy <laughs> plastic man plastic Man. No, plastic man sucks hula you hula know, i got in a fight with somebody on twitter uh, it was over halloween because the uni- i love the universal monsters right as i think many of our listeners do, you really? do. yeah i love them i'm not a, like i don't have like right you know I don't have, uh, you know, um, bobbleheads. Funko Pops yeah, of... That's fun- <laughs> exactly what I was trying to <laughs> I don't have Funko Pops of The Bride of Frankenstein. Right. But I like... When it, when Halloween... Like three days before Halloween, I like... I, I'm always like, where are my Universal Monster DVDs? And I, these days I can't find them because my life is a disaster. Right. So I go I and go to DVDs. stream them. Yeah, and they're DVDs. So I go to stream them and the universe is smart. None of them are free. Right. Like if you get... You know, I got Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu. Yeah, it's all a sham. And they're all like, you got to pay. So I, f- I fume around the house and my- I yell, and my wife's like, if you want to friggin' watch Frankenstein, just rent it. I'm like, I'm not going to pay when I already pay for Amazon Prime. And then she's like, you used to go to Blockbuster. Yeah. And get off your ass, and then you'd have to return it. I'm like, my wife's a genius. She's yeah. right. You push a button, and for $2, you can there watch you go. Frankenstein. Ridiculous. So I love all that crap. Invisible man, the mummy, the werewolf, blah blah blah. I love them all. And Universal Monsters, the licensed thing. Have they ever crossed over with Star Trek? They've crossed over with everything. Oh man. Has there been you know Star Trek versus Dracula? No. No. Um No. They're really I mean I mean Data's just a yeah. cheap version of Frankenstein. No, he's not. <laughs> Has there ever been... I can't come into this house and I mean, be smirched data. I don't think there's ever been... I'm trying to think, like, Tom Paris would have been into that. Tom um, you would, would think, have been into that. Yeah, well, because Tom Paris in his hollow hollow episode. That's what he would, would be doing. No, but he had Captain Proton, yeah. so he was into goofy shit. But, um, no, I mean, I... Wait, 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 wait. There, Wait, on Enterprise, they used to have movie night. And I think um Trip Tucker used to show old movies and I think maybe he did show an old Universal Monsters movie. Well I guess the closest I could think of is when Star Trek met Lucifer and, In the uh, Magics of Magus Two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which is what this episode of Engage official Star Trek Podcast is supposed to be all about. But let me just finish my thought about yeah. why I was getting it. Yeah, in please. A fight. Why are you talking about these um, because the Universal Monsters IP of today, which oh, they're yeah. trying to bring back, sure. they want to tell you, and Monster Squad did this too, right? They want to tell you that uh, that great. Wolfman has nards. Well, they want to tell the Wolfman. Thanks to piss me nards. off as a kid, but being <laughs> but be, <laughs> being like a, like remembering the original run of Monster, and I know the Monster Squad oh, has, it's great. No, it's not great. It's great. No, it's not. Monster Squad is one of those movies that like, like following generations have latched yeah. onto and found something in there, and I won't, you know, give a hard time about that but I remember when that happened and I remember the same thing as as like you know, stop trying to make fetch happen. Nobody calls it calls them. No one said nards. Well, it was a PG movie. They yeah, had to call it. I couldn't they call, they it call it. as junk, and or is his, you know is they jewels. tried to do. It. Well, it was like Johnny Dangerously. They had a, They had. They couldn't say dick. They had to call it as dork. Right. But they called it dork in Monster Squad 2. Yeah. The, the nards thing was just like maybe the regional California kind of ah, slang term. Could have been. But, but being in the no, tri-state the, area, the I, was, word, I was enraged by that. You're, well, the only word nards is for Wolfman. Yeah. Well, but but what's funny? Anyway, is, so no, you say Monster Squad to anybody, and like a reflex, like Wolfman's got nards. Like it's what, yeah, what you say, right? Like it's like you, you, you hit somebody in the bottom of their knee, and they kick you, right? Wolfman's, Wolfman's got an They try to sell the creature from the Black Lagoon as a member of the Universal Monsters, and I say no. I say the nay. I say the nay. I say no because. Um, a universal monster has to be from middle Europe, in a castle, in the, <laughs> in the olden days. Not, now, and Invisible Man is English, but still, it's olden times and, you know, there's castles and stuff. Not from a California sea in the 50s. No. No, no, no. And I got in this fight, and then I said, it's like trying to make Plastic Man part of the Justice League. And this pissed more people off, because Plastic Man is part of the Justice League. And I say, you know what? He's really not. (laughs) So, Plastic Man, who's great. This is some grumpy old man (laughs) BS, man. (laughs) This is like, listen, Plastic Man is not, I don't care how many reboots you've put Plastic Man in. Plastic Man and Shazam, (laughs) Captain Marvel, do not belong in the DC proper. (laughs) The Great Cheese, or whatever he's called. The (laughs) Big Red Cheese himself. (laughs) And I love the creature in the Black Lagoon. Who doesn't? He's the best one. That's irrelevant. He's not a part of the Universal Monsters. Do you remember when... 3D was a thing uh, in the <laughs> 80s, and Creature of the Wack Lagoon was, get, the, was the, the PIX yeah, one. Yeah, you had to yeah. go and, to the 7-Eleven or get the Daily 7-11 News. 7-Eleven to get Daily News or and get your sunglasses. To the sunglasses. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Engage, Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. Energizer. All right, so we're talking deep mythos today on Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. We're talking Plastic Man, and we're talking- Can I ask you a question yeah, before yeah. We, we, we go any further about, yeah. and about deep mythos? Yeah. Um, you are, you and I go back a while, and we've had a lot of conversations about different forms of mythos. Um. What, uh, in the the tapestry that is Trek. Yes. um, Now, there are so many timelines in the Myriad, Myriad Universe. Yes. Which is your favorite? My favorite timeline? Which is your favorite, like... And, and it, you can't pick oh the, the, the prime right, right. Line. Like, It's like which yeah. offshoot yeah yeah yeah, yeah, do yeah. you find the most interesting and the fun. To well, spend it's time got, on. no, it's 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 the most famous. Uh, it would be the mirror universe. The good, I mean, it, and and uh, from mirror mirror, you know, just it's Spock's beard, you know, and that, that, that changed me. Good and facial hair is really mirror mirror. Uh, then the that. Um, and then they brought the Mirror Universe back uh, in DS9, uh, where, where Chief O'Brien was a mm. crafty pirate. <laughs> of course smiley. he was. <laughs> and uh, Kira was a, a pansexual, uh, sort of a demonic woman with, a, t- t- you know, sque- Space s- Elvira. S- she was with squeaky leather pants. <laughs> and on this very show, if you go back, uh, I talked about those pants with Nana Visitor. Say, <laughs> <Hey>, Sha Nana. <laughs> and she. Um, Talked about how uh, when you watch the show, she seems really intense, but her pants squeaked so much that every, everybody in the crew was cracking up. <laughs> and they had to dub all the lines because she had these squeaky pants as intended right. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when your pants squeak. But no, you're right. I mean, the, the rich tapestry is what it's all about. So let's go back in time now to 1973, mm. and there was a television show, which is controversial still, and I when when Denise and Mike Okuda was on this show a few weeks ago, and I said to them, uh, the animated episodes are not mentioned in the Star Trek Encyclopedia, which is the official two-volume tome mm. of canon. And uh, it isn't. It is still not, it's, it was Gene's wish to not call it official canon for reasons we'll never quite know, but canon has leaked from the episodes, um, and we can talk about some of the specifics here. I've made some notes, but um, the animated series, which originally had a great name, by the way, the official original name of the animated series. Star Trek the cartoon. <laughs> It was called The Animated Adventures of Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek. <laughs> Colin. So it's like people who go to Comic-Con and call it CCI. Yes. <laughs> Comic-Con International. Will you be at CCI this year? Uh, so, uh, but... What it was. So we need to refer to it by its proper name. Yes, the Animated as we, Adventures. We as <laughs> we tend to do. The Animated the adventures, adventures of Gene Roddenberry, of Gene Roddenberry Star Star Trek. Trek. 22 episodes over a season and a half, 23 minutes each. 73. 1973 was when it was on, um, and a little bit into 74. And this was done by the production company Filmation. Filmation. Makers of great cartoons like. Batman and Tarzan in the 70s and Filmation is also He-Man there you go uh, Filmation is uh, there's quite a few others in there and there, there too, are some similarities between He-Man and Star Trek the animated series and the Batman I mean the ba- they're, like their response were Batmite and why Batmite <laughs> was a thing in the 70s but um, no and their sound effects oh yeah um, their style of of very close up on faces off to the set to the left or right Wait, it would be cheaper that way yes I mean and it was it basically what it is. Is like here's a bunch of stills that we pan across, and uh, we'll talk about that. Filmation is a, a relatively low budget uh, style, but it works for these stories. And what the animated series did was uh, was really smart. Is that it said what were things we could never do on Star Trek that we can do with animation? Clearly, so they had some really whacked out visual stuff. Um, even if the and anime- themes and themes also now originally uh, filmation when they approached Roddenberry or when I don't know who approached to that that aspect I don't know but um, they wanted to make it much more kid friendly and what they wanted to do was to have each of the characters have like a kitty cadet with them so so each of the characters oh, would be training and Roddenberry said no he said I want to make this show child friendly but I don't want to make it. A kid's show. But I want to make this really interesting for stoned <laughs> dudes in the early 70s. So it is not a kid's show. And then the other thing he did... from show. ...was they show. hired... Uh, many of the writers um, were... Some of the episodes were written by Trek alum DC Fontana oh, wrote yeah. uh, the best episode, which is Yesteryear. We'll um, be talking about that. Um, episode. Yes, Yesteryear is is dynamite. David Gerald. Oh my goodness, wrote, David <laughs> Gerald. Oh my David god, Gerald. I love him. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Uh, David Gerald wrote two episodes, and um, uh, Larry Niven of uh, the sci-fi um, uh, novelist he he wrote an episode. Uh, called um, The Slaver Weapon, which was an adaptation of one of his short stories. So The Kazinti Race, which if you read Larry Niven's own mythos... So is the short story, is that short story in canon? uh, No, but if you want to get technical, the the baddies in his episode are very... They're like the Klingons of his universe called Known... I think it's called Known Space, is the Larry Niven-verse. Sure. So and the Kazinti are like so that's like if so you So that's like the first Star Trek crossover. Yeah, it's like if you picked up a science fiction book and then like sh- suddenly the Klingon showed up. Right. You're like, "Whoa." Um, and if you watch another episode um, which you did called Infinite Vulcan mm. when that when, Infinite Vulcan was great when, because my favorite part is I'm I'm sitting there watching this and um and I wasn't as well versed I mean I've watched plenty of the cartoon but like watching them as like as homework assignments. Yeah. Um and I'm watching, and I'm like, all right, so there's this, uh, clearly Chekhov isn't here because of the Red Scare, um, but, uh, and then I see that that Walter Koenig wrote that episode, I'm like, oh, so they threw him a bone, they're like, hey, Walter, we know that you're really artistic, here you go, man, you can write an episode, what does he write in Spock 2? An exploration of gigantism? Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was very telling. I am a big fan of Walter Koenig's Moon Trap, so whenever Walter Koenig is an auteur, I am uh, I am all aboard. Well, uh, all aboard the psychorps. You 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 just touched upon a number of things there. Uh, so in uh, *Caniculus 5, *Caniculus five Stavros *Caniculus Stavros 5, Stavros Stavros *Caniculus when he, 5 When he mentions a bunch of events that have happened. Uh, in in lore, he mentions eugenics wars, oh God, the galactic wars, yeah. and he's mentioned a bunch of races, and one of them is the Kazinti, which is a reference to this other episode. Whoa. So it's in there, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true in there, man. So so <laughs> when the uh, so when Roddenberry nixed the idea of the kids, right, right, and then um, he brought back some of these other writers and and new writers as well that were legit sci fi writers, not typical filmation He Man writers. Right. No no offense to He Man. Um, and then uh, he brought the cast back, right? Obviously you need Kirk, obviously you need Spock. Was it all of them? Obviously you need Kirk, you need Spock, you need Bones. You right. need them, right? Then uh, you need additional uh, voices for the guests and the bad villains and whatnot. Jimmy Dewan, James Dewan, is a master of voices. Obviously, he's Scotty. And sure. He's not really Scottish, he's Canadian. So they said, all right, we get a two-for-one deal. If we hire James Dewan again... We, we can have the character of Scotty be the actual voice of Scotty, and he can do everybody. So when Core the Klingon shows up, he, sh- he can do it. V- Caniculus Five, you know, he can do anything. We need another woman, too. Well, Gene Roddenberry was always smart with the money, so he hired his wife, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, oh who's always involved in everything. Q-in-law herself. So she... Um, Nurse Chapel's back. Uh uh, The voice of the computer's back. And then a number of other female characters, including, and we'll get to her, Mress, is back. And then they figured Mm. that's it. So out in the cold, Nichelle Nichols, without a gig. George Takei, without a gig. Walter Koenig, without a gig. And um, Leonard Nimoy said, no way. Nice. He he said, I'm not doing it unless you give my friends a gig. We gotta have Ahura, because she's a huge character. And we gotta have... Sulu, because he's really important, and they were friends. And you you need, the, you know, the whole thing yeah. about Star Trek is the diversity of the cast. You can't not have Sulu and Uhura. And he's and, a man of integrity, and a righteous man. So, and then, so Roddenberry and Filmation said, all right. And they said, and they brought Uhura back, which was important because in the Lorelei signal an episode when the women have to take over, because the men are all, you know, uh, sp- uh, spooked by right. sirens, space sirens, Uhura takes the command. She's in the center seat, which is very exciting. And they had to have Sulu back, and Sulu's great. Also, in Infinite Vulcan, he's like, "Ooh, it, yeah. is, it appears to be some sort of." <laughs> <laughs> he literally, he doesn't say, "Oh my," but he he's says like, something like, "Like, oh boy." Yeah, yeah. it's pretty great. Uh, but Koenig got screwed. Yeah, they he, and, and they're like they put their foot down. They said, "We don't really need Chekhov." Koenig always gets screwed. He man. got screwed, and Seti eels. Right, he got Seti eels in his ear, so he got screwed, and then everybody felt bad. And Koenig was a writer. Uh, and he's written some interesting books over the years, uh, and that was his consolation prize. You get to write an episode, which yeah. maybe in a way is even cooler. I don't know. Well, he always, he always got the impression he always fancied himself as, as yeah. an artist. And you know, there's an inter- If you want to read, he he took a, made a very interesting diary of when he was on Star Trek the Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. He he went home every night and wrote in his diary. And that's a book called Chekhov's Enterprise, <laughs> and it is very readable. I mean, sure, you, nice. can, you can get it on Amazon for one penny. I'll take a look. And it is if you—he's very funny, and it's like a lot of it is him sitting around doing nothing, right? And it's about him playing practical jokes on on Shatner and being a being a being a guy, being Checkoff, who, right. who's got like what twenty lines in that movie, Repscallion. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was the story. But but like you say, uh, Nimoy was a man of of a righteous man, and he said, "Now bring my friends back." So that's what happened. So the two, but because we didn't have Checkoff, they were able to say, well, "This is a cartoon, and we're going to exploit what we can do in animation and create new characters." So in Chekhov's seat is Lieutenant Arex. Arex. and Adosian. Edosian who looks very sad. He does. He's kind of got like a, a big s- mope. He's a big. He's got like. I'm this, like, you know what? If you're gonna like let's say like, let's. And this is pre Star Wars, right? Yeah. So the merchandising machine really wasn't what it was yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're like, oh, we fi- we have a spot to fill. Let's make a freaky alien man. And what <sighs> do they do? They make like a sad red camel. <laughs> He's Joe Camel. He's like he's, he he's like he's like Joe Camel after all the cigarettes he's, caught up to him. <laughs> he's yeah. a sad camel yeah. with three arms and three legs. Yeah, that's his one shtick. Like a like a real camel. Yeah, and then but then the other and, and he was voiced by, uh, Dwayne, of course then you had by the way and he shows up Peter David uh, sent him into the future and brought him in the, the, the new oh, in, novels did, yeah he's he's in Peter David's novels uh, uh, the actual character yes he is oh a, god. A lo- god bless you pad <laughs> in addition my, to he is my favorite Star Trek contributor Peter David yeah Peter A. David Peter A. David's yeah. contributions to maybe the earth <laughs> are some of my favorite things um, alright so then in addition to Erex You've got the one that, when you go to conventions, you are guaranteed to see at least one or two women dress up as. A character who does not have many lines in the animated series. A lot of sex appeal. A lot of sex appeal, and we're talking about Lieutenant Mress, voiced by Major Barrett, and she is, I think it's fair to say, a furry. She is a furry, and I will say also the pop culture character that our friendship is built upon. (laughs) I mean like our friendships, like where we first fell in love it, it was over her it was yeah. a love triangle you me and mores <laughs> um you know all right, all right, so let's can we talk about tell me about Moress, cuz i got some after watching a bunch of well, these episodes a, i have a, a I have a i saw i saw a theme she's a Cation, and you know she uh, she purrs and she sh- and a Cation shows up in the kelvin verse if i'm not yeah, mistaken Cations, right? yeah kations yeah they too in bed yeah. with with kirk and in, in, in stid um <laughs> and Kid. And, uh, you know, peppered throughout. And Star Trek VI, is one in the background. Maress has always had a posse. Let's put it this way. But when you go to conventions, one of my favorite ones, there was a young woman who had the tail. She had the... Oh, I mean, listen, you know, a little glimpse into our life together. I mean, yeah. like, you show up, you go to a convention, and usually you're there in five minutes, and I got on my <laughs> my phone is with a picture of you and a morass. <laughs> so, Star Trek fans, when you are when you see Jordan Hoffman, host of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast, at your favorite Star Trek convention, yeah. and you are dressed as moress <laughs> n- go to him. Go to him, and you'll be on your and, phone, and you will show up on my 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 uh, communication. And you'll be a, you'll at be point. a fairway in Brooklyn with your family, and, and you'll start cracking up, and your wife will be like, "What's you, happening?" And I'll show her, and she'll be like, "Oh." <laughs> Another Mress. <laughs> so that's Mress, a giant cat woman, and she's great. So I gave you four assignments. Wait, okay, Now, yeah. all right. You gave me four assignments to yeah. watch, um, and there were two themes. I want. All right, so the ones I watched, the titles. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I said, um, I said, Yesteryear, which is legitimately great. DC Fontana's Yesteryear, uh, the Mud. Stop saying legitimately great. They all four of them are great, and any. Trek fan that craps on these episodes should be ashamed of should themselves. Should be ostracized. They should be set, put into a torpedo <laughs> and sent into Genesis. <laughs> um, because this is... Uh, these no are, <laughs> uh, the animated shows are some some heady, heady stuff. It's good man. stuff. Okay, so yesterday um, which is considered by most to be the best one, was the second one to air. I also asked you to watch um, Muds. Mud's passion. Mud. M- M- Mud returns. The, yeah, or, Harry Mud. Re- the third. Right. The third version of Harry Mud. I think it's called "Your Name Is Mud." Yeah. Um. I did not ask you to watch the second triples episode. No, uh, no. I, that was you too know. Much. And then I asked you to watch. Did he- Gerald write that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course he did. I asked you to watch uh, Infinite Vulcan, written by Walter Canning. Whoa. about plant. Is like a. It was like a plant. It was like a green raspberry penis man with a necklace right. called. Argos was that? No, not. Uh, I think it was Ar- Argon, Argos, Aragon, Argon or Argon. Argon. Oh no! You know what it was? It was. Um, it was Angmar. Angmar. I thought it was the Witch King of Angmar, <laughs> but it's spelled differently. And then, most importantly, I asked you to watch one of the greatest twenty-three minutes of pop culture: the magics of Magus Two. Okay, now that when you uh, that was, tw- those twenty-two minutes were some of the best pop culture, pop, some of the best. F- Popular arts that I've enjoyed in a long time. Um, I'm wa- all right. So I want to back up a second before yeah. we start getting to the magics. I got a thing about about um, that I noticed throughout these these episodes, and it might just be me being perverted or having you know something, but I feel that. All right, each one of these episodes and the, the stuff that I've seen in the anime, they're dealing with heavy themes. Yeah. This is not a kid's show. I remember as a kid, you know, growing up in the you know 70s and 80s, I was born the year these came out, um, but I remember catching these in reruns and then being excited, like Star Trek cartoon, awesome, oh my God, and being like watching it, and then as a kid being like bored out of my mind, <laughs> like, this is, like this is horrible, this is garbage, I'm not going to, I can't watch this. Um... But watching it as an adult, I'm like, whoa, there, this thing is, like, there is, like, there is, there are big, abnormally large men in, in loincloths. Like, that's, somebody's into that. And then there's the furries. Someone's into that. And I'm noticing it through, I'm like, like there, I think there are some, some real, Interesting themes happening. So, so you think there is a, a sexual element to the animation? Well, okay. Series. So here's where not in a negative way. No, no. But. And this is a celebration. Like yeah. Star Trek celebrates all of these things. Um, and as I'm watching this, and I looked at, I'm like, okay, it's 1973. Right, a few years Star Trek had had come and gone, and now like this is new Star Trek. And the people that were working on this show. Um, the themes that they were exploring, right? So what and the reason why I started thinking about this cuz I was watching The Magics of Magma-Nar, or whatever that what is it? The Magics, Magics Mag- of Magus 2. Of Magus 2. And I'm a big heavy metal fan. Um, if there's, right. there's if there's the uh, one thing that I love just as much as the popular arts is demon and devil based heavy metal <laughs> from the 70s. Um <laughs> early black sabbath is is something that i'm i'm quite fond of that is your tos that is my tos so i'm sitting there and i'm watching this uh, this episode and i don't know where it's going it's i think it's all trippy and everything's happening all of a sudden lucian lucian right. shows up and and i'm thinking to myself like oh the Devil just showed up with his cloven hooves? And I'm like, are they really going this way? And they go down. They've got Asmodeus. And it is it is some Dungeons and Dragons level devil, devil worshiping, like Anton levey in California having orgies. That's what these writers were thinking about. It absolutely was what they were thinking about. And the devil is good. And the and devil is good, man. <laughs> um, not only is the devil is good, but the devil and all the devils on earth um, you know couldn't survive and they had to leave and they were they were they got a bad rap and who and look, God couldn't save Lucifer, but Kirk could <laughs> and I, I want to give a quick thumbnail for those that maybe haven't seen uh magics of Magus 2 or did see it and don't remember because it's kind of we- like you kind of the to- It doesn't really flow naturally. It's a little bit all over the place. It's strange, man, but it's it's all devil worship. They're going into the center of the galaxy. Say you love Satan. Because uh, that's what the Enterprise does, and there is a black hole of sorts in the center of the galaxy because they think the galaxy is expanding and more stuff's coming out, which doesn't make any sense. It will be on the outer rim, but still. They go in, and they fall through a... They drop into, like, some nether space, and, um, dude, it was the River Styx. <laughs> and then this dude shows up, who looks like cloven hooves, and he seems he to have like magic. He looks like Calabas from, <laughs> from Clash of the Titans. He looks like Calabas. with from... no turquoise tunic. <laughs> and uh, everybody calls him Lucian. No, no. Lu- Every, everyone Lu- calls him Lucian. Lucian. Except Spock. Calls him Lucian. Lucian. Now, this is something that happens a lot on animated Star Trek. Because, I love that they did that. Because... Uh, they recorded these kind of quickly and on the fly, and they weren't all in the studio the same day. So if Nimoy's coming in on a Tuesday to read his lines, and he pronounces it one way, and then everybody else pronounces it the other way... No, don't say that. I want to think... <laughs> I, like to th- I like to think about it as, like... Kirk and the humans they call him Lucian oh. but, but like enlightened Spock is like actually the Latin you know origins it's a Lucian oh man yeah. I, you know and, what I'm gonna go with that too and, and, I, and it makes it, and it made like as I was watching it I, cause I, I that was one of my favorite parts that like like Spock Bach, that like pompous ass is gonna go in there. He's like, it's actually Lucian, and um, and for him to like you know kind of like hold on to it that way, I was like, it was just character development for wow. me. Wow, you know, you're you're right, you're absolutely right. I like that. <laughs> that so they go, th- they go through this pan dimensional portal, and um, basically, their new pal Lucian shows them how um, how magic is real. Yes. And uh, you know, and let's think back to uh, Arthur Clarke's Fifth Law or whatever it is. You know, any 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 um, technology from the far enough future will seem to modern man like magic. Right. And Spock is fine with that. He's like, uh, perhaps it is logical to accept that something is not logical. And so pretty soon he's like playing chess with his mind. Right. And um, Sulu is imagining Geisha women show up and are on the deck uh, on the on the bridge. And uh, when they're down on the planet, uh, well, first they're just down in like some like amorphous, vaporous world, and right. they're all floating around going, Aah! and then Lucian says. Um, Oh, I'd forgotten how much bodily integrity means to you humans. Yes. And he's and really he, jovial and he's like he's like he's really happy and he's like, <laughs> I just want to have a good time all the time, like the devil does. Uh and so he puts them on this planet. And he's like, Let me show you how great magic can be. Yeah. And he's, he an like, he, he's an apple. He an uh, apple, which has its biblical connotations, yeah. obviously. Then he snaps his finger and like a crystal palace appears. Yeah, oh, no, like no, there's this one there's this one shot uh, in there that, that, that that he's like he's talking about like we here on devil's world we do all sorts of fun things and they cut to the shot of a weird trippy gandalf yellow clad wizard (laughs) with a pointy hat and he like does like a and a a weird crystal building grows it is a like it is three or four seconds of perfection (laughs) I want like, like when I die and I take my last breaths, I have all sorts of like. I want to hear this song and I want to have this last meal and I want these people around me. The last seconds of my life, I want those three seconds of that yellow wizard, (laughs) creating that 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 crystalline structure. And that when my soul dies, I'm gonna live. You gonna live there? I'm gonna live there with Lucian. (laughs) That was listening, so you love Satan. Listening to uh, to to Sabbath Bloody. This Sabbath. is Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. So like, so I'm watching this episode, and all right, no, finish your finish wait, your wait. thing. Yeah. So that, but then there's another image of like, there's like a woman who like is dressed in a dowdy manner. Yeah. And then again, he flip he snaps his finger, and then suddenly she's like in a gown, and this man appears. Yep. Uh So like, you know, this it's is... it's it's a little rapey. Um. There's there's the. Like there are a couple things in there they are like, yeah. all right, 1973, like a Sulu, like what does Sulu really wish for? Geisha yeah. girls. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I really want some good sushi too. Yeah. You know? And then... then it's not, not the best. Not yeah. the best. So that was... <laughs> but, uh, but it gets pretty wild. But then, you know, the, the story structure has to change and Lucian then goes on trial and it's the Salem Witch Trials again. And, and visually, and, by the way, when they get to the center of the galaxy, by the way, there's like fireworks everywhere. Yeah. There's like these primary colored like... Curved, uh curved linear form oh, it is It's just like stoner fodder. Yeah. It is. It is like nineteen seventy three. Like after you're done watching this, go read your Doctor Strange comic, <laughs> and because uh, it, it it was like that was that was all Jim Starlin esque. Like it's pretty and wild. Trip stuff. And and then there's a moment where they're like Kirk is in a when he after the. Salem witch trial thing. They're like blasting s- like red spheres of power at each other. And he's like trapped in like a rainbow. And it's like, if you remember the wrappers to Fruit Stripe Gum. It was Gum. just like that. It was Fruit Stripe Gum, the cartoon, which I imagine was a big deal in 1973. It could even be that they had like some Fruit Stripe Gum wrappers and they just like <laughs> took a close up picture of it and then swirled it around. I'd like to hope so. And that's what goes down. And then the punchline is before man stepped on earth there were these creatures, the Megans. Right. And there are these cloaked hooded... They look like Cobra Commander before the... No, they look they're, they're, they look like if DC Comics' The Vigilante <laughs> didn't wear a black bodysuit but, like, gaudy robes. Yeah. And they had, like, his little face mask. But it also has, like, it's, it's that pre-80s horror movie, the early 70s metal-themed. Like... Black Sabbath and yeah. and and the and and the heavier bands, like you know, they didn't have a lot of the like the the pentagrams Im- imagery yet set. Mm. So a lot of their kind of creepiness were weird futuristic robed oh. guys with face masks and stuff. Yeah. And like that's where like as soon as those guys showed up, yeah. and I was like, whoa! And again, it's just a second. It's like one like we yeah. were the Megans. And they show these like purple robed beings, and they were on Earth. And then they were trying to protect mankind or something, and yeah. then they couldn't, and they zoomed off to another planet in these pods. And then uh and now that Kirk is there. No, oh, you're leaving on a big part. Right. They lived yeah. on Earth and they 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 loved Earth and they loved the Earth people, but they're they looked like the, you know, they had that robe, but they also had they looked like devils. They're devils. They are devils, they yeah. had horns and stuff like that. So all of what they're implying in is that all the the devils from Judeo Christian, you know, religious doctrines yeah. are based off of the Megan's, which so basically like just blows religion out, you know, the water here, yeah. and that the devil is actually just an a good time alien, and you got it all wrong, Earth, <laughs> and that was the message that they. And were now for. they're pissed. Now that Kirk is on their planet, they wanna right. they wanna put him up on trial, right? And Lucian. Uh, who's like he is saying no these are my friends right and then you're gonna defend and there's a fight well then they know they have a a Salem witch trial there's pentagrams there's Puritans there's Solomon Cain and it's (laughs) like this it is a um it was i had to pause it cuz it was the most like metal thing and it was like there is kirk spock and 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 bones standing in a pentagram surrounded by like you know pilgrims and with with the devil himself in the it was like the it was like the an album cover of like a failed metal band from cincinnati and it was so I was like this is a am- this is peak Star Trek for me. It was beautiful. And I have to say after yeah. watching that episode if I wanted to like stack up all my favorite episodes of Star Trek the magics of magic all is 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 now like at the top well i knew you'd like it that's why i was one yeah that man i, I was, was i that that was i was on brand you were for on me. and then and of course you put it on uh you watched you streamed it on one of your streaming platforms and your wife's in the, in the putting the kids to bed it's like and the music and what did she well, say well that was the thing so so I, I said to her i was like you know we had just finished watching the flash uh-huh. to bring it all back and um and she's like, "What do you want to watch?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I, I, I'm doing the podcast, and I got a homework assignment. I got to watch the animated series." And like, by the time I finished the sentence, she was already in the kitchen. Um, so, I turn it on, and um, and the the music comes on, and it's fake Star Trek. It's not real. Yeah, sure. And it's and it is this this it's the alternative track, and. It's and, not the original Star Trek, and she team. hears that, and she's like, "What is that?" She's like, "Oh my god, that sounds terrible." <laughs> um, and it's look, the, the quality is is low. But I found I found these, and even and like the animation is not great. The animation, see, here is the thing: the the illustrations are wonderful. Their illustrations, and the, the artwork anima- is beautiful. The yeah. animation is is cheap, is cheap, filmation, cheap, yeah. cheap junk. There is repetitive shots. They have. um like on the Flintstones. Yeah, you like run when and they... He-Man <laughs> r- holds aloft his magic sword. <laughs> the same shtick every time. Right. That the, was this. There's the same running, the same punch yeah. that Kirk does. It's recycled recycled images all over the place. The sound effects are the same from the Herculoids. Yeah. There's um, the, 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 the creatures that come out when we get to um, the infinite Infinite Vulcan. Vulcan. Infinite, squawk, infinite Vulcan. it. That like, I mean, I super friends battled that beast and this, I mean, it was, it was so, it's the same stock sound. It is, but the, th- but the stories are whacked out. They're really trippy. And the illustrations are really cool. They're really trippy. And I got the, f- so, so like that was the thing. The magics of, of Mongol nine was what made me f- like, I was watching that. And I was like, I had to look up on Wikipedia what year that episode came out, and what was the corresponding Black Sabbath album? And which was? And it was Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath? Yeah, which is six albums in. So that gives those writers many years to marinate with. They, they with had already, Sabbath. They had already listened to Supernaut. They had already known Supernaut over and over, and that was the thing. And they and like and I feel that like there are heavy metal overtones to that episode. Um that are like that like proto metal, like the early days of when like when Led Zeppelin was still mighty Well the guy who wrote it was a fellow by the name of uh Larry Brody. Mm-hmm. And Larry Brody uh was originally brought into pitch for original series Trek, but his stories were ne- never the show was cancelled before and even stories made it past poor the poor Larry. Stage. But he stayed in the Trek world. Uh, he had an episode produced of Voyager called Tattoo, which is a Chakotay episode. Oh, boy. Episode. But Everybody's favorite. He stayed in animation, and he was a showrunner in the 90s on a Marvel show. Oh? The Silver Surfer cartoon. Whoa! So, yeah, he this guy was totally tripping out and, <laughs> and, and doing this. And when he finally, when he was, like, you know, an older man, and yeah. he got that Silver Surfer cartoon, and the Silver Surfer cartoon was... was um, a little weak? Yeah, those 90 the only good 90s Marvel cartoon was well, Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man, but the X-Men one is the one everyone gets all, yeah. all excited about. Um, but awesome. That was <laughs> I, I really enjoyed those 22 minutes. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Engage, The official Star Trek podcast. Energized. And then you watched Infinite Vulcan. So then the next one which I is watched n- was not as action packed. No, but I, I but delightful in that like as soon as I was watching the credits and I saw Walter Koenig wrote it, that's when I connected. I'm like, oh, they threw him a bone because yeah. they cut him out, um, and. You know, I've I, I, I Walter Koenig. Yeah, you know, that celebrate him. So, but I also laugh at a, like Walter Koenig's moon trap. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, all I could think of is like, oh, another another Koenig sci-fi joint. So the elements in this are sentient plants, sentient plants, um, cloning, cloning, and then giant Spock, giant and Spock, and the way that Stavros Caniculus Five introduced them right before it cuts to commercial is, behold, Spock Two, Spock Two. Walter Koenig was like, okay, I got this assignment. I have to, uh, I got to write, I've got this great idea. Um, They're going to clone Spock, but he's going to be big. (laughs) And I was thinking about calling him, wait, 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 Spock 2. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And then all I wanted to see was. Stavros and Spock 2 make love a giant two giant men making love in front of uh, in front of Kirk and and Bones they would have been so uncomfortable Um, and that's how I felt that all that episode ended where it's like I will stay here with Stavros and together we will be in love and we'll solve the riddles of the universe that's the thing is that Stavros Caniculus 5 wants to create Spock 2 to somehow bring greatness to the galaxy in, in an undisclosed way and all I mean, even though they're they're bad cuz they're capturing they've got these winged Purple pterodactyls. There's a with, like, lot of spree. weird stuff in this episode, man. Like it, and, and it's all like it shows up. They land on the planet, and then they find a tribble with legs. And Sulu's like, "It's adorable. I must have it." And he picks it up, and like it poisons him. Right. And that's how these guys, the plant guys, come in. And, like the threads to get to Spock, 2 It's almost incoherent. It's almost yeah. incoherent. You just got like each new scene is like it's a new story. And yeah. then they get, of course, they like descend into. That's what you get for hiring Koenig. <laughs> They descend into the core of the planet on like, this big elevator disc, and it's the same sound effect as every other. And then, of course, they get there, and then it becomes, like, a hover disc. Right. It's like... It was just, write what you can. Write what you know, Koenig. (laughs) Write what you know. So then your next assignment, uh, you checked out yesteryear, right? Uh, Okay, so... I said to you, and I, I think after I watched uh, uh, Spock 2. Yeah. Um, the Infinite Vulcan. Infinite Vulcan, yeah. colon, Spock 2. Um, and then I was like, where's Mress? There's no Mress. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, oh, Mress is all over the place. Check out the, the next ones. right?" So the next one I watched was Young Spock Adventures when he goes oh. back in time. Ye- yesteryear. Yesteryear. Which DC is wonderful. DC Fontana's Yesteryear, which was Awesome. There's no rest in that episode. Yeah. So, I guess I screwed um, up. You totally screwed me up. There's the Andorian, though. Andorian was awesome. Yeah. I and, love that. And like, he's like, I am being written out of history. So long. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he was so told, chipper about it. He was like, well, listen, Andorians are warriors. We know when we've lost. <laughs> it's time for me to go and be written out of existence. Good luck to you. Yesterday year was a spin on City on the Edge of Forever, right. arguably the greatest Star Trek TOS episode of all time. Uh, They go back to the Guardian. Um, Why they're there, they're just doing research. They're doing research. And 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 what I liked about that is they show up and there is, I think it's Spock is doing research. Kirk is there. There's a big bird creature. Yes. Um, a yes yellow bird man creature. Yeah. Um, some kind of like phoenix beast man. Yeah. And then there is a very like dour like duchess kind of woman who I somebody out there is listening. She is recycled artwork from other oh, th- another no. filmation thing. You think so? It might have been the Batman cartoon. I gotta find out because I saw it and I was like, oh, I remember her and it wasn't remembering her not from that episode I was remembering yeah. her from and she's she's a character in like that artwork was recycled later on wow. in filmations which means she maybe showed up again on Eternia it's with, possible with man at arms and orco it is possible um that she's like <laughs> Evelyn's she- cousin Evil Evelyn yeah um <laughs> Evelyn um but the uh the fact that they're like ram man rammy ram- <laughs> <laughs> <Ram-y>, um <laughs> Red man's cousin Sam. Sam Triclops. Wait, not Um, Triclops. 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 Man E faces. Oh, that's who I was thinking the Man E faces. Emmanuel faces. Um, Emmanuel E faces. (laughs) <laughs> Emmanuel, Emmanuel faces right. is what it's, Manny faces is short for. Oh, um, so oh man, Manny he, faces. Oh. So, but they're all like we're studying time, right? Yeah, and the yeah. Three of them are there with clipboards, <laughs> standing in front of a portal. The portal's like, then time did this," and they're like, "Fascinating, fascinating." And then they go up to the, they go up to the ship, and everyone's like, "Who's your friend, Kirk?" Right. And then the Andorian walks in. He's like, "Kirk." I'm the one. It's the, what so was the Andorian's mo- name in it? Do you remember? Chev uh, or something. I don't know. Shri- so um, you could still keep K slash S if that guy was... <laughs> no, the, I, don't re- I don't remember his name. Okay. But what they did was they monkeyed with the timeline. And as is in canon, when you're near the Guardian, you don't feel the effects of the timeline change. But right. when you leave... Whoa. Then you're in a new reality. Okay. I'm so they- your cousin Marvin. Cousin Marvin <laughs> Barry. <laughs> so they go up to the ship... And Spock is no longer the first officer or the right. science officer. It's some Andorian who's like a cool guy, but yeah, he's not Spock. Totally chill Andorian, and um, and he looked good in the blue. He did. Has he there did. been? A, has there been an action figure of him? Uh, Have there been merch? John of, Van Sitters, are you listening? JVC, come on, man. Let's first of all let's remember his name. Right. Uh, let's. Valen? Thalen, Was that his Thailin. name? Thalen, it was. It was it was. It was yeah. it was Thalen. Can we get him on something? Yeah, we need we need some Thalen merch, man. Yeah. On a T shirt, if nothing else. Yeah. He you know, it should be um some kind of goo- I want a Thalen funko Pop. It, well it's gotta be some kind of Google where um he dissolves and then Spock takes his place. <laughs> Like maybe So m- it's maybe one of those pens. Like yeah, you so pen like a naked lady pen. Like You turn it upside down so the dress disappearing. <laughs> or, it goes from Andorian I to I was Vulcan. thinking like a mug where you put in hot, hot water. <laughs> it, turns, <laughs> it turns into... A freezy, freaky glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll run into the flagpole. Work on that, pole. Star Let's Trek see. man. So, um, so they go up to the ship, and um, what happens is... Uh, Spock is is not Spock, and it's like a change. Of course, this was recycled idea. Spock, not Spock. It was like was not was. It was like you. it was like in, in Spock in in, uh, in in Trespass. You know when when the Nausican didn't pierce Picard's heart in the right. Domjot table, and he became a mealy mouthed mush. Right. This something happened. so Spock has to go back and correct what's happened. But because of the grandfather clause, he already kind of knows what he has to do because right. he has. Vague memories of a, as as a child, a of, strange cousin uh, saved me from some serious trouble during my uh, not pond far thing. <laughs> uh, his his walk about, uh, what is it called? Yeah. It's called the um, oh. pond close. No, it's not. Oh, shut up, <laughs> the pond close. It's his, uh, his Jamie. Farr. No, 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 Kazwan. It's called Kazwan. His Kazwan. the Kazwan it. ritual. So he's got. He goes back in time, and Amanda's there, and Sarah that, is okay, there. So that was amazing. He was like. Yeah. Kirk Captain I need uh typical Vulcan garb from the early seventies and a tote bag to carry it and like they and, and then Kirk goes uh I'll ask the the staff and so yeah. he, he gets on the communicator, he's like, We need, you know, proper clothes from this time period and then it just gets beamed down Yeah. and he's like the most efficient crew in the galaxy. <laughs> he's literally—he's like, I love the efficiency of my crew. I can tell them I want some nonsense, and it's here like that. That's great. And 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 then and then he goes back into and like going to old like. I want the young Spock adventures. Oh, I want because like he shows up and then he's being bullied by little elf kids, which was yanked directly into Spock into uh, Star Trek 2009. The right. first time you meet young Spock is. Taken I mean right. an it's an homage. It's an homage to yesteryear for sure. And it was so and, and I'm watching that and then how they all speak to each other, like when all the when it's just Vulcans hang out, like <laughs> it's such a bunch of monotone jerk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> father. yes, father. Yes, father, yes, father. So as much as I want to watch a young Spock like miniseries, yeah, it would be the most monotone droning thing. Now, here's what it is. All right, here's what it is. It's young Spock Adventures, but Spock has a classmate and a best buddy. And it's Worf's great uncle from Star Trek VI, <laughs> who was a liberal Klingon. Yes. So he's a kid too, because they're roughly the same age. So Counselor Worf, or whatever he was, uh, cha- uh, the, the the lawyer in Star right. Trek VI, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Barrister Worf. Barrister Worf is on Vulcan, and that's why he's cool Klingon because he and he is Spock's playmate. So it's young. That's uncle you casting. This is me. This is you making stuff up. This is what I do at night, and I when my <laughs> when my wife is like, "Why won't my husband talk to me? Why am I being Going like, "Quiet, I'm in my mind. <laughs> I gotta work on this pitch for IDW." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so the young Spock adventures yeah. were were pretty awesome, and the best part is when kid, Sarek, they, well, he's like, he's like. Who do I know you, Traveler? And he's like, I'm Selleck, your cousin. And Sarek just looks at him and just does the eyebrow raise. <laughs> I was like, that was great. And it's just one move because it's Filmation. They're cheap. Right. So and an like, <laughs> eyebrow raise they can do eyebrows for 20 minutes. And I would be like laughing the whole time. Um, you know, the thing about the Filmation likenesses of the yeah. actors is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Even though we make fun of the art, like there, there's they are skilled illustrators. Yeah, you know who everybody is. Scotty, maybe not, but everybody else, you, you get. You know. Um. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, 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 the whoever the kid was that does the voice. Right. Of uh, he was no Alexander, but he, no. Was. <laughs> he was. Yes, father. Yes, yes. yes father. I He's must got, do this by myself. Yeah. No, I stay child. home. You silly, silly. Family pet. Right. So yes, that's the big money draw. So the pet Salat which Selic Salad and Spock. Uh the Pet Salat Aichaya, which is which was canonical because they mention him in something, and it's like Spock had was something like a teddy bear. And then Bones is like teddy bear? <laughs> so <laughs> that I had cold fish. I Aich- couldn't love anything. Aichaya. Uh and this is a very emotional moment. You know, our friend Aichaya is a really good name for a dog it would be a big white how furry many of dog. you out there have named your pets after Spock's pet yeah and then that pet would also rescue you and poison itself to save you oh my god that was heartbreaking on your kaswan ritual and that pet was a stupid face he and was he like, huh? and he races so then the pet has to and it's it's like um you know so he's doing his kaswan ritual which is like walk about and then the s hits the fan Aichaya steps in the way of um, what, what? What is going on? What's the no, problem? No, the the, the the was basically Selik. Yeah, this distant cousin that Spock vaguely remembers. He's like, oh yeah, he saved my life once, and then I never saw him again. Yeah, and so that was you know supposed to be Spock. He goes back in time, and then the dog, and it's all sorts of you know, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's very emotional. So it's it's um, and he corrects the timeline. He learns a lot about himself. We learn a lot about Vulcan, and it all fits nicely in a bow. So uh, what I want to know is when I, he returns home, yeah, what life path Thalen go on if Thalen wasn't going to be there? He, where is Thalen? He, he, he winked out of existence. No, maybe. he exists. He's just his timeline is different. Oh, man. Well, this is like, you know... That's the IDW pitch right there, baby. <laughs> what happened to that? What happened to Thalen in general, or what happened to that specific Thalen? Post, post, yesterday, yesterday, Thalen. He goes through like some sort of tunnel, uh, <laughs> and I don't know. He could be trapped forever. He's like waiting the, for Peter David right? to mold him like clay. Well, I don't know. It could be like, uh, like, like the two Lazaruses fighting in in the alternative factor, and he's just trapped in an amorphous void for eternity. Or well, it we could see a be Kelvinverse versus It could be like you know, um, some theorize that when you when you uh, when you beam when you use the transporter, your your, your soul ceases to exist and a new one some is created. Some theorize. It. Now, is those some are they like IRL humans or <laughs> or <laughs> Roddenberry humans? Um, now there, are, it's it's brought up a lot. Okay, it's, some say it's like the the, the, the end of the Prestige. Right, oh. if you remember the prestige yeah, yeah. when huge Jackman yeah. uh, goes into a tank and he dies, but the new one comes out, you know, some say that's what beaming is all about. This is this is this is brought up. If you read James Blish's Spock Must Die, mm. this is suggested in in that text, which is why uh, Bones doesn't like going through the transporter. Interesting. Uh, I spoke about it with the fascinating. O- I spoke about it with the Okudas. Fascinating. And. um... They were. They would neither confirm nor deny that that's what they felt. Whoa, heavy. Uh, you also. So wa- then, yeah. All right. So then I watched um, the last one. I watched was was all about mud. Yeah. M- and <laughs> mud's passion. I think it's called. So it's th- a love potion. It's a love potion, and yeah. it's 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 mud going around being a rapist. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, but it is a. Uh, that's where Morres showed up. Yeah, there's a lot of Morres. That's the why I suggested you see. There's they, a lot and, of Morres in there, and there, and it was the like, the up shot of Morres, the one that you see when you Google Morres. When you Google Morres, of her like you know, kind of being alluring, and, yeah. uh, and and I mean like, and then you just hear her. She's like, "Hello, I want to have sex with you, Scotty." She and gets like, turned on to Scotty, and then you're like, and he 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 turns her down. Yeah, but I feel that like Mresse really opened the door for. Folks who find that uh, furries. furries, um. Is there a a pop culture furry that predates Morass? There must be. There has. uh, The the Cowardly Lion. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is he sexy? Mm, To some. Um, Who are we to 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 judge? Who are we to judge? Uh, Well, also Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny and, the, and especially with the eyelashes, oh. yoo hoo! That yeah, whole when, thing. oh, when Bugs Bunny get, gets yeah. in drag, he's yeah. great. Oh my god! Um, but there is a uh, Moress Ma- is something, man. Morress, I feel like really takes the whole thing and like mores Ma- is just no bones about it. I am a sexy cat, <laughs> and I am I'm, I'm, I am down for some space travels. Yes, yeah, and yeah. that is her thing. And the way she talks, she's just. Hey like, Brian, have you seen Moress? I, I looked it up on the m apostrophe M R E S S. Yeah, what I are you it w- before, yeah. Yeah. And you and that's why you got out of the room earlier? <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> why. And and, <laughs> and when she talks, like you don't get this from a still googling. No. But the way her muzzle is, um the way that her, she talks and her like her cat cheeks don't go to like teeth, they go up and there's this it's it's very suggestive. Right. And the animation of her there's oh the- my God! Look at all those. Okay, Brian, look look on the left hand of your screen. Uh, Brian just googled up morass. Okay, look Well, where they, when you oh, look at that. when that's you amazing. put when you put Mares into Google Image Search, on the first page, listeners, you will find a picture of me. <laughs> and uh, by the way, it's not a very becoming photo of me. I'm wearing a shirt that's a little too tight. I'm in full comic book guy regalia over there. Uh, it's a picture I took at one of the conventions with a morse. So, like Chris was saying earlier, uh, and there's somebody did a drawing, a Deviant Art drawing of her and Arrex and the Kazinti, what we were talking about earlier from the episode Slaver Weapon, that purple dude. She is nothing but fetish sized on the internet. Is this where the Thundercats came from? <laughs> yeah. Moresse um, has been fetishized, but uh, but she's a good character, you know? I mean, she... Uh, she is. I really wish they would do more with her. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how shame. I feel. Like, where it's like, you know, I I, I laugh, and Moress brings me lots of joy right. from just kind of like, oh, the humanity yeah. of, of life. But um, but her, as a character, like, come on, Star Trek, do something with a sexy cat lady. It's like Boba Fett at the end of Empire. You're like, more of that guy, please. Is Moresse the boba fett of star trek wow um i don't know who is the boba fett of star trek um well a, see th- a, a little a, a, ensign roe yeah ensign roe is the boba fett of star trek you know like it, the, that's that's a good call yeah no. um because for a million different reasons she absolutely is uh uh, who is the Jango Fett of Star Trek? <laughs> uh, uh, that would be Kim Cattrall's character in, uh, yes, in the, the Spock mystery. Valeris. Valeris. Yeah. Oh, man. The, uh, yeah, Mresse is... Uh, she's it sucks that when you bring up Boba Fett, now that friggin' uh, Jango Fett ruins it. Poor Star Wars fans and those and those oh. Oh, Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there is a, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's something, something up with Morass. Yeah. Uh, so Harry Mudd, yeah. they bring him back. Yeah. He's got it with his, flo- like, you know, his, his shirt button too low and his <laughs> comb over and he's just like, he even looks, he's a little slimier in, as animated. <laughs> it's like even in that form. Uh, disgusting. And he's just really gross. Um, and he just shows up and just like, he's just dirty. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not a big fan of that character. Uh, is uh, yeah, you know, it, it's of its era. It, it's it's not it's not my favorite either. You know, yeah, that's where I was Mu- like even Mud's Women the fr- the you know Space Prostitutes in nineteen sixty six was an interesting idea, but it's a little bit it's right. hasn't aged as well as other things. No, it it hasn't, and that's kind of was like you know, and that was the thing. Like, and I was watching this, and I'm like. This is not kid friendly. <laughs> the opening scene, he's like, "Ah, bring her out, and I'll make sure she falls in love with me." Yeah. I'm so disgusting, and he's. Um, and I love the, and I love like they're on the planet, the lawless planet, yeah. and they're like, "We're we're here to arrest you," and he's like, "You can't arrest us. Federation law is not, you know, it's not recognized here." And then all like the townies were like, "Yeah, <laughs> Captain." <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, mud is not mud is. You know, when you're at conventions, there's always a, a cool guy dressed as, as Harry Mud, and it's like you you're <laughs> always a cool guy. But you wanna, dressed like you as want mud. and you, you want to give him a high five, and then you're like, why, why are you dressing up like Harry Mud? You know, if you're gonna go that route, go that route. Go Cyrano Jones. Yeah, or go I'll as, take a Cyrano go Jones. Stavros Stavros, Stavros. <laughs> number five. Stavros Caniculus five. You need to be 25 feet tall to do that. That's what you know. It's like that guy that went to New York Comic Con last year and built. This the Hulkbuster armor. We need someone to make a two-scale Stavros Caniculus five <laughs> cosplay, where it's just like a large tunicked man. <laughs> that was okay. And that was the other thing that I noticed was there was a lot of shirtless ripped dudes on the animated show. You yeah. had Lucian. Yeah, he's shirtless. You had Stavros. Yeah. Uh, there was somebody else that I saw, and I was just kind of like. All right, you know they've got sexy cat ladies and they got yeah. something something for the other. And this was programmed at kids on Saturday mornings in the early seventies. It's a hell of a thing. And so, yep. if you've never watched Star Trek: The Animated Series, uh, you can on any of your favorite streaming platforms. And for the first time, it just got put on Blu-ray. You know, yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. I, I, I've always known that they were the lesser of the Trek. Like, if you wanted to, like, like it's just slightly above enterprise in terms of where it fits in the uh the hierarchy but wow. um it, it, it's it's like a, a notch above enterprise and about like 6 feet above stid um Oof. but it is a um it is a uh I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed watching them not just from a novelty perspective and not because of the drugs but because it was a like there was heavy stuff going on, yeah. and there's and it's a little clever, and it's kind of like if you like Star Trek, here's some weird themes. It, it is nice, like for if there are people out there that love original series and the characters and have never watched them, uh not you know, there's there's twenty two episodes, I think. And not every one of them hits it out of the park, but like there, there's enough there. It's like you know what? This is the extra season that you always wanted. You know, it, it's it's yeah. it's still Star Trek. You know, it, it's it's Got a very similar tone, and um, as we mentioned, the animation, maybe, so helpful, but the illustrations are really cool, and there's some weird, even the first one, called Beyond the Far of the Star, yeah. there's, like, sentient clouds and, like, giant spaceships, and with, like, yep. they do things that they could never do on any of the shows thus far, which is have interiors of ships that are just gigantic with, like, huge computers and many corridors. Dare I say Uh-oh. that it is the hardest of hard sci-fi In Star Trek. Mm, No, not when you've got... (laughs) Like, not when you read the Eugenic Wars books. (laughs) No, not when you've got characters like Geordi LaForge and Seven of Nine... When Seven of Nine is in her astrometrics lab. <laughs> that's uh, some hard sci-fi that's right That's some there. hard that sci-fi. That is diamond hard sci-fi. Has that term been used on this show before? I would like to think so. That is when, you know, there's sci-fi, there's hard sci-fi, and then there's diamond hard, hard sci-fi. sci-fi. I read that once and it stayed with me. Unobtainium, hard, Unobtainium hard sci-fi. sci-fi. <laughs> well, listen, I think we're just about out of time. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Chris Chrisracky of geekcom where we can read hey I gotta can I get plugged something yeah go ahead so the other day uh, f- famous scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson was uh, was came by our office yeah and we were talking to him and uh, one of my colleagues uh, will Greenwald asked him to sign his his phaser he had a one of those oh. phaser remote controls and uh, it was really it was like we were done we were doing an interview with him and it was yeah. done and everything and he was just kind of hanging out with the staff and I asked him, like, what was your favorite? What is your? F-? He's a big Star Trek fan. Sure, like, yeah. What is your favorite Star Trek? Like, not episode, but like, which? Are you TNG or Like T- What, what, are you? what yeah. is it? And uh, and he told us. And his and he, then he not only does he tell us, but he also explains to us why who his favorite captain is and why and you have to go to geek.com to oh, find jerk. out oh um, man but uh, we'll be uh, by the time this episode airs it'll be live is this a video or is it a uh, uh, we it, it was off off the thing, off the yeah. cuff so it'll be written but we do have some cell phone video of it that we will probably stick so together so google uh, geek.com yep. Neil deGrasse Tyson by the time Star you hear Trek. this and Star Trek and you'll see the article and you'll know I would like to know who his favorite character I'll tell you when we stop recording I'm gonna guess um, don't um, I'm not going to look at your yep. face. Did he say his favorite captain or his favorite character? He said, uh, the question was, what is your favorite, Which what, what Star Trek do you like best? Okay. And then he then dovetails into which is his favorite captain. I got you. Well, I'm going to say that his, his favorite Star Trek is TOS, and then his favorite captain is difficult to say. Um, uh, it might be Picard. Um I don't know. I'm going to have to read Geek.com. You're going to have to read Geek.com to find out. But I will tell you, it yeah. is um, his reasons for why he likes the captain is fascinating. He likes Archer, then. That's an Archer. That's an Archer. All right, good. Well, we'll all find right, out. No. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everybody out there. Remember to, uh, I don't know, like us on Facebook. And this was a, a lengthy episode. We went deep into the mythos. <laughs> deep. I got mythos all over my shoes. <laughs> Brian's like, I got all mythos on my <laughs> face. <laughs> Brian's like, I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta get to <laughs> Thanksgiving. Jersey. My family's waiting Dude, for me. Shut up! We closed got, an hour and a half ago, the <laughs> office is closed. All right, we'll catch you next week with another great episode. Until then, until then. Security alert to all decks. out. We'll see you next time.